Well, good evening. This uh, topic, Strength Made Perfect in Weakness, uh, was assigned to me. I'm certainly not going to exhaust this topic here this evening. Uh, but hopefully we can learn from some people in Scripture. I uh, want to look at what Jesus has done, uh, also the life of Apostle Paul, uh, Old Testament character, and also probably share a personal testimony. Um, and as I was thinking, uh, he was telling me what time he closed here tonight, I was thinking maybe one of you would have a testimony as well. So, But I'll begin here. You can open your Bibles to 2 Corinthians 12. Um, I'll be reading the first 10 verses there. It's primarily the verse 8 through uh, 10 that we're looking at, but I think sometimes it's good to see what, uh, what was happening in Paul's life here as well. In verse 12, verse 1, or chapter 12, verse 1, It is not expedient for me, doubtless, to glory. I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. I knew a man in Christ above 14 years ago, whether in the body I cannot tell, or whether out of the body I cannot tell. God knoweth. Such a one caught up to the third heaven. And I knew such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell, God knoweth. How that he was caught up into paradise and heard unspeakable words, which is not lawful for a man to utter. Of such a one will I glory, yet of myself I will not glory, but in mine infirmities. For though I would desire to glory, I shall not be a fool, for I will say the truth. But now I forbear, lest any man should think of me above that which he seeth me to be, and that he heareth of me. And lest I should be exalted above measure, through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities and reproaches and necessities and persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake, for, though I am, for when I am weak, then am I strong. And as, as he said, you know, how can this be? How can that perfect strength come out of weakness? And how could Paul say, when I am weak, then am I strong? As I think of strength, I think of God's miraculous power. It's that power of God that, is, uh, that we receive from him in our weakness. Uh, and perfect, it is complete. Uh, it's as good as it can be. So when we find ourselves in life circumstances that are too difficult to bear alone, you know, what do we do? Where do we turn? What is our options? And I'd like to think tonight, uh, as I think about this topic, what do we do? We all face circumstances. All, you know, we all find ourselves in uh, situations that we'd rather not be in. We're not sure how we're going to get out. But I think the importance is that we pray. And I think the other is surrender. And the third would be wait. And when I think of wait, it's not just uh, do nothing, but that is an unfaltering trust in our, in, in, uh, our Heavenly Father. So the pray is to address God, the one who has the power. Uh, James 5, 16 says, The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. 
And you could turn to me, or turn with me in uh, Matthew 26, 38 to 44. There we see Jesus uh, as he's in the Garden of Gethsemane. And let's look at the example that he leaves us here. In verse 38, Then he said unto Unto them, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry ye here with, tarry ye here and watch with me. And he went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, "O oh, my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as Thou wilt." And he cometh unto his disciples and findeth them asleep, and saith unto Peter, "What? Could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation." The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And he went away again the second time and prayed, saying, O my father, if this cup may not pass away from me except I drink it, thy will be done. And he came and found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. And he left them and went away again and prayed the third time, saying the same words. We see here, this here, this, the circumstances that Jesus found himself in, what could he do? But he prayed to the Father, the one who had the power, the one who had the power that could have delivered him. But we see here that also that life of surrender. Jesus, our Lord, he surrendered to the Father's will. You know, he was willing to lay it down, but not my will, as, but thy will be done. And we see that, that three times that he had uh, made this request. And I also think here in... Uh, in Paul's example, in verse 8, he says, I sought the Lord uh, three times before the answer came. And what was the answer? What was, what was the answer that the Lord had given to Paul? And I believe that's the same answer that he gives us today when we truly seek him. He says, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. You know, when it's out of our control, and we commit it to God, we let it in his hands, that's when his miraculous power is accomplished in our weakness. I believe when we surrender to him. And I'm not sure what Paul's weakness was, body, strength, I'm not sure his speech. Uh, in 2 Corinthians 10.10 it says, for his letters they say are weighty and powerful, but his bodily presence is weak and his speech contemptible. You know, so what it is, I'm not exactly sure, but we see here he had this infirmity. It could have been a temptation. Um, I think that's something we need to guard against. We know that Jesus was uh, led into the wilderness. The devil came to him when he was physically weak uh, to tempt him. But three times in three different areas of Jesus' life. But Jesus was victorious because he knew the written word of God. And I believe the devil is still busy today. I believe he wants us to, uh, to, to uh, bow to him. You know, he wants us as, as God's children to use our power to satisfy your wants. Uh, prove you're godly. You know, I think that's uh, sometimes this uh, charismatic movement. Uh, prove it, you know. Cast yourself down. Uh, the world is yours if you worship me. I believe those same temptations were, are real in the church today. But, you know, as I was thinking about this, we don't have to prove to the world 
by some mighty acts that we're the children of God. You know, if we surrender to God and we love one another, Jesus said, by this, you will know that you're my disciples. And I just want to uh, just share a personal testimony. Nine years ago, I, I wasn't able to attend Witter Bible School. In October, when I got out of the shower and bent down, something popped in my back. And like a good man, you know, we can handle it on our own. Uh, we'll just endure the pain till we, uh, well, till we can't. And so it was in October of uh, 2012. And uh, finally, in November, I went to a chiropractor to see what, if he could help me. The first one gladly took my money and gave me treatments, but there was really no difference. I changed chiropractors. I went to another one, and he gave me a treatment. He said, that should, that should do it. And, uh, but he said, if it doesn't, I'll just come back. So about a day later, I mean, the pain was severe. Uh, so I went back to him, and he said, you know, he said, your, uh, your body is designed to heal itself. But he said, I think you need to see a medical doctor to get a, a muscle relaxer. And he said, that should, you know, I should take care of it. And that was good words for me. I like that thought. Take a couple of pills and you'll be back in shape. And, uh, but when I did that, the doctor gave me a prescription for an x-ray. And then he said, if that doesn't take care of it, we need to take therapy. And uh, so I went and got the muscle relaxer. And as soon as I start taking that, my, my back loosened and uh, the herniated disc, it, it uh, started to pinch the nerve even more, and the pain became what I thought unbearable. And uh, went to the, the therapist, and the next day I couldn't get off the floor. He said, uh, it makes you a little sore. He said, you know, he understands. And I said, no, this is not a little sore. This is, uh, this is shooting pain down the leg. So my wife got tired of it. She took me to the emergency room. The doctor there said, uh, I'm going to mix up a concoction. She said it's called three shots, and uh, that should put you in good shape. Well, it did knock the edge off the pain, but it returned. So I think I laid on the floor on Friday, and finally, uh, well, the doctor was with somebody. He said he'll call after he's... Uh, through, but he never called me. So Saturday morning, called the doctor again, and same story. However, I told him that's the same thing he told me yesterday, and miraculously, he was between patients and was able to prescribe a MRI for me. Went to the hospital, they did the MRI, and they said that you know you need to see a specialist, and it's. Uh, but the first appointment was Friday. That was almost a week. And I said, I, I just don't understand. There has to be some other doctors that can see me. And he said, well, he likes this doctor. He thinks, you know, just try to stay with this. So uh, I share this to say that I prayed and I prayed. But it seemed like they weren't going anywhere. You know, does God really hear you when you're in that kind of situation? 
But on Tuesday morning, I realized that my prayers were selfish. You know, I wanted to walk, I wanted to be at work. But you know, I seen Jesus on the cross. And I got a picture of what he'd done for me. And I'm convinced that when you surrender to God, that's when God moves. And I share this to say, and I'm not saying that we, need, we should do this, but in that pain, in that moment, I asked the Lord if he would just give me a sign that he heard the prayer. So I know he's with me. And you know, 15 minutes later, the doctor called. And he said, I want to see you today. I mean, it's a feeling that floods your soul when you know that God is with you. Did it take the pain away? No, but the strength was made perfect. Let me tell you, there is a perfect peace when you know God is hearing you. And I went to the doctor, and they said, you know, you need surgery sooner rather than later. I said, well, when can you do it? He said, I'll do it tomorrow morning. Praise God. Surrender. And you know, that was, uh, I believe it was Wednesday. And uh, you know, when I woke up from my surgery, the pain was gone. There's still numbness in my legs. There probably always will be. But praise God. His strength is made perfect in weakness. And until you experience that, take my word. God is real. And when he is with you, I mean, I could, my wife said, aren't you concerned? The doctor wants to see you. He is, I'm not concerned at all because God is with me. Whatever it is, I surrender my walking to him. If I can't walk, that's fine. It's in his hands. But he, he chose to give it back. And I praise God for that today. So I just simply share that uh, testimony of God's goodness. Psalm 81, 7 says, Thou callest in trouble, and I delivered thee. Praise God. He hears our prayers when we surrender to him. I believe that I've seen this uh, saying, prayer is a salve for every sore. You know, and I think about that. When I see little children get hurt, you know, they run to their parents. Now, can their parents do a lot for that hurt? Not really, but it's their presence and their love that they show, their care that they show. And uh, I believe God wants his children to run to him. I believe he wants to hear from us. I believe he wants us to come to him. And uh, we see that there is strength when we know that God is present in our troubles. You know, those that you mentioned the hostages that were held there in Haiti. I believe they prayed. I believe they prayed a lot. And I believe they surrendered it to God. It was in God, and they waited on God. And with God's timing, he delivered. You know, what a testimony of God's power. You know, 2 Corinthians 11, you can turn back there. There is where Paul lists a, uh, a lot of his troubles that he was in. Second Corinthians 11, verse 23 to 28. 
He says, are, there, are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool, I am more, in labors, more abundant in stripes, above measure in prisons, more frequent in deaths, oft. Of the Jews, five times received I forty stripes, save one, thrice was I beaten with rods, once was I stoned, thrice I suffered, I suffered shipwreck, at night and a day I had been in the deep, in journeys often in pearls of water, in pearls of robbers, in pearls of mine own countrymen, in pearls by the heathen, in pearls in the city, in pearls in the wilderness, in pearls in the sea, in pearls among false brethren, in weariness and painfulness and watchings, often in hunger and thirst, in fastings, often in cold and nakedness, besides these things, that or without, that which cometh upon me daily, the care of all the churches. You know, here Paul's saying, Rather than talk about this revelation that he had, he's talking about the things that he suffered, the things that he went through, the infirmities. He says, most gladly, therefore, I will rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. You know, I believe when we are weak, when these are circumstances that are out of our control, and he trusted to God, you surrender to God, uh, that's when the power is manifested. That's when God's power is manifested. I believe in Acts 16.23, there's the story of uh, Paul and Silas that were beaten there in Philippi. And uh, what happened, they prayed, they sang songs, the prison doors opened, and the jailer and his family were saved. You know, praise God. There was the power of God at work. And I think uh, these are the things that Paul chose to boast about. And I don't know how it is at this church, you know, after church, what are the things that we talk about? What are the things, I'm not saying we always boast about them, but I think about what are the things that we talk about a lot. And I think that there's probably not been, a, in my occupation, a better year for appliance sales. You know, appliance sales were up. It's something uh, we can boast about, we can talk about, but... Uh, You know, there's, there's so many new, new appliances. Can I say that, you know, I made a lot of people happy this year, uh, got more appliances in their home. But, you know, that's not what we should be necessarily boasting about. You know, I received an email uh, that asked me to join a meeting, and it, the, the title was, it said, uh, the thing that stood out to me was, make this a life-changing day, an empowering day, the day you learn to take back control and create the life that you want to live. Now, something didn't resonate right there. It's like, I take control, I take back my, you know, I think there is there's good in studying and, and learning things, but according to Psalms 37, 23, it says, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and, and he delighteth in his way. You know, so the answer to a satisfied life is a surrendered life to the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, it's, we surrender our life to him. Because I've been selling appliances long enough to know that appliances don't bring satisfaction. And, now, and neither do they meet all the expectations that the person thinks they should. Uh, it's not something that we can boast. First uh, Corinthians 127, but God has chosen the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. 
And God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things that are mighty. That according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. You know, none of us has really much to boast about except what the Lord has done. What the Lord has done for us. Um, And I think of Paul, he writes to Timothy, he says, Persecutions, afflictions, which come upon me at Antioch, at Iconium, and Lystra. What persecutions I endured, but out of them all, the Lord delivered me. Again, Paul's boast was in the Lord, what the Lord had done because of that power that Christ had given him. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecutions. And I know here in America, sometimes that verse, I think about that because what is the persecution? What have we suffered for Christ? Light and darkness do not mix. And, uh, and we cannot help if we must suffer. But the question I have is, am I fully surrendered to Christ and his will? You know, or are we fully uh, surrendered to him? And can we say that out of them all, the Lord delivered me? And, for, and 2 Timothy 4.17, Notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me and strengthened me, that by me the preaching might be fully known, and that all the Gentiles might hear, and I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. You know, it's uh, the Lord that delivered. And again, as that, the text here was the verses 1 through 6, you see that Paul was given that special vision. Uh, he saw that great light. I'm, I'm not sure if it was, when that vision came, I'm not sure if it was when, he, when the great light shone about him, when it struck down, or when he was stoned. He doesn't really say but in uh, Acts 26:19, he says, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient unto the heavenly vision. Paul was given a special revelation of the things not known before that only God alone could reveal. You know, he heard things that he couldn't explain. And he was caught up to paradise, it says. And Paul does not try to explain that experience. But he says, I'm not going to boast about the revelations, but I'm going to talk about my weakness for when I'm weak, then am I strong. You know, Paul had an unfaltering trust in the Lord, and he understood that the servant is not greater than the Lord. In uh, 2 Timothy 4.18, the Lord shall deliver me from every evil work and will preserve me unto the heavenly kingdom, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen delivered from every evil work. And in 2 Corinthians 4.17, it says, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. You know, it's far greater, it's, and it's far, it will last forever. And again, when I was thinking of the... Uh, Strength made perfect in weakness. My, my thoughts went to Gideon when uh, Gideon was uh, a man that he it says he tore down the altars, he built an altar to the Lord, he gathered his people, and he put out a fleece. And then we see that, uh, you know, the Lord had asked him, maybe he was a humble farmer, that God asked him to deliver Israel from the Midianites. But there in Judges 7, we see that uh, 
he was told to uh, gather the people and just telling this story as I know it, but it was, uh, there was maybe 32,000 men that uh, Gideon had, but it says that the, uh, I believe the number of, uh, yes, 32,000, but the Midian and the Amalekites and all the children of the east lay along the valley like grasshoppers for multitude, and their camels were without number as the sand of the sea for multitude. You know, even with the 32,000, I would think that uh, it would have took some confidence in the Lord against this, this uh, group of men, or this uh, army. And, uh, but we see here that the Lord told him in uh, Judges 7, Now therefore proclaim in the ears of the people, saying, Whosoever is fearful and afraid, let him return and depart early from Mount Gilead. And there returned of the people 22,000, and there remained 10,000. And the Lord said unto Gideon, The people are too many. Bring them down unto the water, and I will try them for thee there. And it shall be that to whom I say unto thee, This shall go with thee, the same shall go with thee. And whosoever shall say, I say to thee, This shall not go with thee, the same shall not go. So he brought down the people to the water, and the Lord said unto Gideon, Everyone that lappeth the water with his tongue as a dog lappeth, him shalt thou set by himself. Likewise, every one that boweth down upon his knees to drink. And the number of them that lapped, putting the hand to their mouth, were three hundred men. But the rest of the people bowed down on their knees to drink water. And the Lord said unto Gideon, By the three hundred men that lapped will I save you and deliver Midian into thine hand. And let all the other people go, every man to his own place. And I think, you know, he may have trusted God to uh, deliver Midian with them, 32,000 men. But I wonder what was going through his mind when, he, uh, when it was 300 men. I think it, it does say that if you're fearful, uh, go with the servant, uh, down to the camp and hear what they will say and you will be strengthened. And we do know the story, what he heard in the camp. And he was strengthened and he went and uh, he destroyed Midian with those 300 men as they broke their pitchers and blew the trumpet and shouted the sword of the Lord in Gideon. You know, in our own weakness, in the weakness of that army, God delivered and we see the humbleness of uh, Gideon. They wanted to make him ruler. And Gideon said unto them, I will not rule over you, neither shall my son rule over you. The Lord shall rule over you. You know, Gideon never forgot who won that battle. That battle was the Lord's. So if we want strength made perfect in weakness, you know, what must we do? You know, I believe the first thing is we must bring our request to the Lord. We need to make our request to the Lord. Jesus tells us that, Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You know, we're to cast our cares upon him. And uh, we must humble ourselves and surrender all to God. Um, in 1 Peter 5, 5, it says, Submit yourselves unto the elder, yea, all be subject one to another, and be clothed with humility. For God resisteth the proud, and giveth grace to the humble. So humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. 
And when we surrender something to God, it's God's. We leave it with God. We don't take it back. And again, 2 Corinthians 12, 9. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities and reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses, for Christ's sake, for when I'm weak, then am I strong. And I believe the, the point number three is we must wait on the Lord. And that word wait has the idea of binding together. It's a, uh, and I had to think of that threefold cord, uh, bound together. It's an unfaltering trust in the Lord. And it's to wait with expectation, to patiently tarry. In closing, you can turn with me to Isaiah 40, verses 27 through 31. Verse 27, Why sayest thou, O Jacob, and speakest, O Israel, my way is hid from the Lord, and my judgment is passed over from my God? You know, here, sometimes we may miss that, but that's like God speaking to the church today. O Israel, O Jacob, that was his people, just as the church is today. There is nothing hid from God, church. In verse 28, Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard that everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary, and there is no searching of his understanding. There is no searching of his understanding. In verse 30, it says, Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. You know, I think even those young people that seem to have that strength, you know, they're not going to endure. But the, but the answer is, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. You know, I think about that, wings of eagles. You know, that will soar. We will be able to soar above those troubles uh, as wings of eagles. So my challenge is, and my hope is that uh, God would grant each of you the grace to live in victory. Uh, over each trial, we don't know what 2022 holds, but we can trust the Lord, and we can wait on him. We must pray, we must surrender, and we must wait with expectation because God is faithful. So I had to think here, I shared my uh, story of what happened in my life. Is there anybody here that has a testimony that they would like to share here this evening? Of God's strength when we found ourselves in weakness, how God was there. And maybe you want to share it in the back. That's fine, too. I, it's probably where I'd rather share my stories, too. So.
Anybody? And if not, let's, let's bow our heads to pray. Father in heaven, I just pause to thank you. Lord, you've given us your word that we can look into when we come to a crossroad in life where uh, sometimes it seems we don't know where to go next or what to do. Father, I just thank you that you've given us your written word, that we have it, that we can uh, look into it and see the answers that you've given us there for your people. Thank you, Lord, for those promises that you've given to us. Lord, even in our weakness, Lord, you come to us, and then you show your strength. And give us that there uh, inner peace that only comes when we know of your presence with us. So thank you so much, Lord, for that. Thank you for your faithfulness in the past. Lord, as we begin this new year, we just ask that you will guide us, that you will give us strength. And Lord, I pray for this congregation here, Lord, that each one, Lord, you know what lies ahead, but Father, we just pray that they could trust you, they could surrender to you, and wait on you, and allow you lordship. So we just ask your blessing, and just dismiss us with your blessing, in Jesus' name, amen.